Welcome to the third episode of the West Steps. Today we have one of our own, Erin. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, Beza. Uh, my name is Erin Miller. I'm Vice President of Health Initiatives at the Colorado Children's Campaign. Fantastic. So you want to maybe just a little bit more detail around what the policy priorities for the children's campaign are in the health area? You can give us a little bit more context and background. Yeah, I would say the children's campaign has historically taken a really broad view of health. So we've worked on policies ranging from clean water and safe ways to walk to school to integrated behavioral and physical health care. So recognizing that kids need a whole spectrum of things to be healthy. Um, and we've recently broadened that work even more um, to really go deep into adolescent behavioral health and to also think about some social determinants of health like housing. Um, we also recognize that kids uh, need healthy parents to really thrive. So that has driven some of our work around um, policies that create a, a, a thriving sort of um, prenatal period and early postpartum period. Um, they, our work, for instance, around maternal mental health care. Um, and this year we're focusing on a number of things. Um, policies that protect and expand access to quality affordable health insurance for Colorado kids and families. Expanding access to behavioral health services for students, especially in schools. Um, expanding access to family planning services. And then working on um, a few policies uh, around that prenatal period and really strengthening policies that sort of surround um, pregnant and new um, moms and caregivers in Colorado. Um, and so those policies include um, increasing reimbursement rates for maternity care in the Medicaid program. We know that our reimbursement rates for maternity care are um, critically low in the state, actually. Um, adding a dental benefit for pregnant women on the CHIP program. That's our Child Health Plan Plus in Colorado. It provides health insurance for um, kids and pregnant women who make too much to qualify for Medicaid, but not enough to really afford private health insurance on the on the private market. Um, and kids in that program have access to oral health services and a dental benefit, but pregnant women don't. So about 900 pregnant women a year have used CHIP for their health insurance but not had access to oral health care. And we know that that can actually lead to pretty bad pregnancy outcomes. Um, it can lead to preterm early labor, low birth weight. Um, it's associated with an increased risk of preeclampsia. So all the things you don't want for a all pregnant woman. All the things you don't want. <laughs> um, so we're working on a policy to add a dental benefit to... Um, that program, it actually just had its first committee hearing this morning. That's exciting. Um, yeah, it passed out with a unanimous vote. So wow. very exciting. Um, and then, uh, you know, our, probably our biggest push this year is to um, strengthen our maternal mortality review committee. Yeah. So I want to hear all all the things about maternal mortality. Um, and I think I will start with, can you tell us what the research says what is the what is the reality for moms in Colorado and uh, why this is one of the major focus for the 2019 legislative session for the health space. Yeah, um, the research in this area is really striking. Um, we have seen maternal mortality rates increasing nationwide over the last 20 years. So that's fascinating. Most developed countries yeah. have very low maternal mortality rate. Yes, most developed countries have much lower maternal mortality rates than we do and rates that have been going down over the last 20 years. Oh, so the U.S. is going up and going everybody up. else is going down. Okay, that's... Um, and so, uh, and Colorado is in line with these national trends. So our maternal mortality rate has also been increasing dramatically in recent years. Um, the data that we have, uh, it nearly doubled from 2008 to 2013. 
Well, that's terrifying. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a little bit of a scary time. Yeah, um, to be a, a to be a mom, mom, yeah. pregnant and postpartum mom in Colorado. Yeah. So the data is pretty terrifying. Yeah, the data is 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 pretty frightening. And we've also seen a shift in causes um, of driving causes of maternal mortality in Colorado. So what are some of the, the yeah, main so, ones? Yeah, so, you know, historically, it's been sort of those um, uh, like neonatal kind of emergencies, those things that happen right around childbirth, things like hemorrhage and preeclampsia. Those are still important factors to look at and to think about in Colorado. But we have seen um, a shift in sort of driving causes toward um, behavioral health issues. So... Um, where recently uh, the driving causes of maternal mortality in Colorado have been um, self-harm and and suicide. So behavioral health issues, either accidental overdose um, or suicide. So is that uh, related? Is is that kind of one of the biggest uh, consequences of the opioid crisis we've seen? So what's the relationship there? Yeah, um, of women who have overdosed, um, the vast majority of them overdosed on opioids, and almost all of those women had a prescription. So this is not illegal, you know, illicit drug use. This is women who got a prescription from a healthcare provider, and and not to um, say that people should only care about this for you know it, for behavioral health reasons, but um, it's it's definitely one of the the driving causes that we've seen in recent years, and I think. It speaks to one of the reasons why we really need to get this committee authorized. Um, the So Colorado actually has a standing um, all-volunteer um, maternal uh, mortality review committee. It works at CDPHE. Um, when I talk to people about this, I say it's an example of Colorado sort of bootstrapping our way to mediocrity. Um, we don't have an, you know, there's no authorization. There's no protection for this committee. There's no funding for this committee. So it's just, this is just people who are interested in preventing. Just, just, just volunteers. Um, and yet they do, they're committed and they do pretty good work. We get cited by the CDC. Um, they do a pretty good job of looking at what's going on in Colorado um, with with some limitations that we can talk more about. But one of the greatest limitations of this of this current committee um, is that they don't have any sort of subpoena protection, um, which is something that's a common feature in in states that have authorized their maternal mortality review committees and statute. And right now, about 41 states in D.C. have authorized their committee and statute, and Colorado's one of the few kind of holdouts. So I kind of want to go back. So we have this very striking reality for moms um, where our uh, rates are actually doubled from what it was 10 years ago. And we have this volunteer committee that is supposed to uh, evaluate hospitals. Yeah. So these committees look at all all maternal deaths and they take a broad sort of multidisciplinary view of those deaths. Maternal death is defined as any death that occurs during pregnancy or up to one year postpartum. And so committees look at um, uh, all of those deaths and then divide them into ones that were pregnancy associated or not pregnancy associated. But the reason that it requires fairly careful work is that, for example, if a woman dies in a car accident, there's a good chance that that's just an accident. It was not pregnancy related. But these committees are able to take a deeper view and say, like, OK, well, was she high on a drug when she died in that car accident. And if she was like, where did she get that prescription oh, okay. and really sort of tease out like, what are all the upstream factors that led to that death? And sometimes it's, it's just that it was an accident and that, and that's fine. But having these committees be able to do those comprehensive reviews means they're able to tease those pieces apart. 
Okay, so you cited behavioral and mental health um, being some of the biggest drivers for the numbers that we are seeing. And this committee will be able to uh, have a little bit more teeth in, in its what it can do for kind of preventing these kind of deaths, right? Yeah, I think the bit, one of the big pieces here is actually around timing. So, so for example, when um, so the committee did this work and said, oh, wow, you know, there's the driving causes of maternal mortality are shifting, that they're becoming these behavioral health issues or are starting to become driving causes. And um, they presented that report in October of 2017 using data um, uh, through 2013. Um, and so, of course, by October oh. of 2017, everyone knew that there was this... Yeah, this huge problem with opioids in our state and huge behavioral health issues in our state. Um, but because our committee lacks subpoena protection, they only review cases on this three-year data lag. So they were reviewing data from 2013 saying, oh, my goodness, there's this problem coming. Um, but it was something that Colorado had already sort of felt crashed down around it. And so... One of the things that, that our bill does is it provides those subpoena protections so that people can serve on this committee and not be subpoenaed for a lit, for a litigation around an individual case just because they are serving on the committee. Okay, so the, the you currently have a bill at the state legislator that will protect the people on the committee yeah. to do the work that they need to yeah, be doing. Provide- yep, it provides prote- subpoena protection for them um, so that just because they serve on the committee – they cannot be subpoenaed based on the opinions they formed in the committee or the notes that they re- reviewed or wrote or the records that they reviewed um, so that um, they can review records that are more recent um, and they could still be subpoenaed. Like if they were the doctor who was providing care in a case of maternal mortality, but they couldn't be subpoenaed just by virtue of serving on the committee. It would have to be independent sort of evidence discovery. So that's very good protection for the volunteers who are serving on the committee. Um, I still have quite a lot of questions around the committee, as you said, is volunteer based and doesn't have any resources, any fundings. What are the avenues you're looking at to making that uh, committee have a little bit more agency in how it does its research? You talked a little bit about how the research is three years lagging. So what are the other solutions here. Yeah. Yeah, So I would say that in general, this bill aims to accomplish like three big things. So the first is providing those subpoena protections, which will allow them to review cases on a much faster turnaround, more recent cases and get data out that that is telling us, you know, what's happening to our moms in Colorado right now. So that's really important. Secondly, um, it will not require all of these people to purely volunteer their time and energy and travel to serve on this committee. So it will allow folks to be reimbursed for travel, food, and lodging to serve on the committee. You know, basics. Um, and we're really working hard to make this committee um, as accessible as possible. Actually, more accessible than we've ever seen a, a similar committee sort of drafted in the state of Colorado. Um, our our bill includes um, that if someone needed dependent care because they had a kiddo, um, that 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 care could be provided so that they could participate on the committee. Um, Similarly, if they have an attendant because they're a person with a disability and they need help showering and getting ready to go in the morning, that that attendant care could be covered so that this person is able to fully serve on the committee. Um, So making it so that um, it's much more accessible, 
that it's more diverse, that we're saying, you know, folks on this committee need to represent the diversity of Colorado um, based on the race and ethnicity that we have in Colorado, the geographic diversity that we have in this state and the community perspectives that we want, of course, pro- expert providers, but we want really diverse community perspectives examining um, what's happening around maternal death in Colorado. Um, and so it'll make the committee much more accessible and diverse, um, shorten the amount of time um, that it takes uh to get these reviews done. And then it provides funding to our Department of Public Health um, to, to run a, a really strong maternal mortality review process and, and to have regular funding to do regular reports to the legislature to say, you know, these are the, are the driving causes of maternal death in Colorado. The, of those, these are the ones that are most preventable, and these are the things that we can do to prevent them right now. Um, and so it'll really allow folks um, to have tangible recommendations, whether they be policy solutions, um, like making it so that folks have access to doula support during pregnancy and delivery, for example, um, or just sort of practice level solutions about how health records need to work or other sort of detailed policy changes, um, and then how to spread those best practices across the state. So that leads me to my next question, uh, as you would expect. I'm pretty on the social media. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter and I've seen a lot of black women talk about this issue for a long time now. Um, and I wonder if you could talk about like how this issue affects black communities, black moms specifically, and how you have been uh, engaging in this issue with diverse communities. You talked about making the community a little bit diverse. Um, I wonder if you can talk about their involvement, black women's involvement in this issue, making raising the awareness, but also I think bringing it to the forefront of kind of policy discussions as well as community conversations. Yeah, I would say, first of all, it's obviously no surprise that black women are leading <laughs> this fight for justice. It's one of many that I feel like they've led over the course of our history. Um, and, and there's some real reasons why they're engaged here. Um, they're three to t- four times more likely to die during pregnancy or childbirth than their white peers. Um, so there's real disproportionate um, rates happening here due to the racism that those women experience. Um, but racism isn't the only risk factor that we've identified through this work. In Colorado, for example, um, we also know that women who live in rural areas are more likely to be impacted than those that live in urban areas. So there's definite disparities in these trends. And one of the charges of this new committee um, will be to identify what those trends look like and suggest policies that will get us closer to equity in maternal health outcomes in Colorado. I would say uh, the other piece of this is that um, among Black women, um, I think it's really important that folks understand um, that uh, sometimes you say, oh, you know, Black women are disproportionately impacted by this issue and people think, Oh, it's because they have less income or less education. And we know nationally that for um, maternal mortality, like that is not the case, that even when you control for income and education, that black women are more likely to be impacted by this tragic outcome. Yeah, I think about uh, the Serena Williams case. I think that's like the famous one that comes to mind is uh, if a famous, incredibly wealthy, talented athlete could not receive the health care she deserves while having a baby. I don't know what the realities on the grounds are for those who have 
very little access to healthcare or affordable quality healthcare. Yeah, I think that raises a couple of great points about this. Um, you know, one is that these committees are, take this comprehensive, multidisciplinary view of these deaths, um, and then and they're able to suggest you know population health systemic solutions to them, and those solutions strengthen the system for everybody. Right. A system that's making sure that black women don't fall through the cracks is serving everyone in the state better. And so it's really solutions that will benefit everyone. Um, But it's we have to get at these sort of fundamental disparities that are persistent um, across the country. So strengthening the committee makes absolute sense, right? Like they know the issues and they be able to address it on a consistent level. I'm struck by the fact that like you are innovating an already existing committee, right? You're trying to give it uh, with this work, you're trying to give it more um, teeth and an ability to do its job. I'm interested why you guys are not coming up with something new. Um, I think California a couple of years ago did a bunch of new initiatives to try to address this issue. So what is it? The thinking there. And I, the thinking there is that the, the recommendations for what those initiatives are in California came out of their maternal mortality yeah. review committee. Like, <laughs> this is the thing that you have to do first to really understand what it is that we need in Colorado. And like I said, like, we have dedicated volunteers who are doing their best to meet that need, but they don't have the kind of consistent support and funding they would need to provide regular recommendations to our legislature with updated data. And you know, absent those perspectives, it's just really hard to know what is the next policy that Colorado needs to be pursuing. So you, you're trying to set up almost kind of the environment where you can get evidence so you can come up with um, some, you know, evidence-based solutions. Interesting. Are there other initiatives that are trying to help pregnant women have a successful pregnancy um, again, I think like, you know, I've talked about some of the big ones here. We're working to make sure that Medicaid's paying enough for maternity services that people actually can access them. Um, we're working to make sure um, that pregnant women have access to an oral health care, you know, services when they, when they get their insurance through CHIP. Um, and, you know, I think there's some additional ideas still floating out there. What more can be done in this space? Um, and we have seen some interesting work, for example, around um, allowing for doulas to be reimbursed through the Medicaid program in states like New York that we're definitely looking at. Um, And I I think we just have to see where the session plays out at this point. Um, But I think one thing that everyone can agree on is that we have to get this Maternal Mortality Review Committee authorized in statute with the protections and funding it needs to really do its job well. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us and explaining this very complicated policy issue for us. Uh, for more information on this, you can go to our website at coloradokids.org, follow us on social media, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your podcast. Thank you for joining us, Erin. Thank you.